Hello all and a warm welcome back to another episode of Leave It In A Locker Room with me, Charlie Green, the podcast series where each episode I'll have a current or ex-sporting professional on the podcast and they'll put forward three things they would like to remove from their respective sport. It really can be anything and the point is to give sporting professionals the opportunity to come on and speak openly about what annoys them whilst partaking in their sport. And as always, I will also find out how my guest is doing and have some quickfire locker room questions as a feature to end the podcast. So lots and lots to look forward to. But it's now time to welcome on my guest for today's episode. And joining me is one of the most recognisable faces in rugby. She is a current member of Harlequins in the Premier 15s. And she has also represented England in the Commonwealth Games in athletics, alongside being a commercial diver and a firefighter. But what most of you will know her for is being a member of England women's rugby team, the Red Roses, and a two-time Six Nations Grand Slam champion, Shauna Brown. Welcome on to Leave It In The Locker Room. Thank you so much for coming on and how are you doing hello charlie i'm doing good thank you for having me oh, looking forward to having a good old rant get it yeah, all out well that's the whole point <laughs> uh we'll get to that in a minute but we'll just start with you and we're getting closer to some sort of freedom here in england but how have you been keeping yourself busy over the last few months in lockdown so last few months we've been because we we're elite sport category we've been able to train throughout so i've been i'd say Life's not been normal, but it's been as normal as it possibly can and a lot more normal than other people in terms of having a routine, being able to go to training, come home from training and almost just having some a reason to leave the house and, and not just for the walks. I've been doing the walks as well. Everyone's doing the walks, <laughs> but it's just a, a, another reason to leave. Yeah. And then the Six Nations start for you, I think it's in under two weeks now. And I'm sure we're going to get into this more later on. But will you be allowed to go to the pub on April the 12th? Or are the bubble restrictions looking sort of pretty fierce? I would go so far as to say not a chance. <laughs> no, no, I, <laughs> there's not a world and on the April the 12th that I can imagine where we can even leave the hotel, let alone go and sit in a pub and have some alcohol. So have they, have uh, they set out be... the guidelines then of what you can and what you can't do yet? Uh, we've not had the official talk of what, what it's going to look like, but I, I can imagine it's pretty much going to be along the lines of a bubble. Like We're probably not going to be able to go to the shop, not going to be able to leave the grounds. We'll be allowed to walk around the grounds potentially, but I, I, I literally can't imagine even being able to, to go somewhere for a tea or coffee and sit down. I, I just can't see it happening. But like, we've not officially been told that yet, but I just can't see it happening really. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and yeah. see. So I want to start quickly at the sort of beginning of your rugby career. And it isn't the traditional story with your sort of incredibly only picking up the game five years ago. So was rugby something that you'd always wanted to try from a young age or did it sort of just fall upon you at Medway five years ago? Uh, fell upon me It is the shortest answer. So growing up, rugby wasn't wasn't a thing for me in my life, in my family, in my circle. I didn't know it existed like it got to I know I knew it existed probably just a few years before I started playing it and tried to watch it didn't have a clue what was going on so then didn't watch it um and yeah start just fancied to go at it one day and went, went down to to Medway I mean that's just madness and like obviously the way you've risen to the top of the game has been extraordinary but like do you ever just sort of sit back and just go wow like, how on earth have I done this and just done it so fast uh 
sometimes but it's more sort of in a comical way like blimey they've not noticed i've got claws going on so let's just roll with it like let's Still just make hay while the sun is shining but yeah sometimes i do look back and think oh, that's pretty cool what i've done but i'm still not finished i've got i've got things i want to do i want to go to the world cup and like it's not not finished yet certainly not yeah, that's good to hear and like i mentioned in the intro it's not just rugby that you've excelled at and pushed yourself in you represented england in commonwealth games you had a stint in boxing qualified diver firefighter so the list goes on where does that sort of drive come from for you to always push yourself so i i love a challenge i genuinely like change one of my my athletics coach always said to me a change is as good as a rest so it would be at, at the time i was very much into shot put and discus and that that was what i was doing we would potentially go to a different track and throw at a different place or, or use a different weight room different gym and it, it did feel like a treat and so now it's like a, a change is it it's something to look forward to and being involved in sport in general for so long it, it can be very repetitive and even at rugby that like we're training and because it is the only thing I, I literally leave my house for at the moment apart from going to shop it's like being with the same people going to the same training place going to the same gym it's all very repetitive so it's just like even having that change and training on a different pitch or uh, using a different squat rack in the gym like literally sometimes it's that strict um it, it's something to look forward to and so with change it sometimes comes a new job and new career and I, I guess it's a bit of FOMO as well feeling a bit left out a bit of jealousy and I'm like oh well if he or she can do it well why can't I I'll have a go what or opportunity is another one when people offer me things and I just think well I can't find a reason why not so I'll have a go um, and then if I enjoy something crack on and if I don't at least I know I've had a go didn't enjoy it I can move on then and have you got any ideas for something next down the pipeline that you fancy trying next after rugby? Um, I keep joking about bobsleigh. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite a lot of athletes in terms of sprinters. I was not a sprinter. I wouldn't be anywhere close. But a lot of sprinters go across to bobsleigh and sort of the winter sports. And I'm thinking maybe skeleton head first down a mountain on a tea tray. Like that is literally a bit of me. So who that, knows? I, but I, I also think I'm not fast <laughs> enough. But it doesn't stop my brain thinking, what well, sounds like great fun? And if things are great fun, I'd like to have a go. So you've been going down a mountain head first is great fun. Well, I, I feel like we're very different in, in, in that perspective. Uh, but you obviously sort of have incredible drive. Uh, that saw you sign for Harlequins four years ago, where you currently play your club rugby. I think you guys currently sit second in the Premier 15s after yeah. a very emphatic victory over Bristol this weekend. And then you travel to Saracens next to a team sitting above you. So what seems to be clicking so well for you and the girls at the moment, which has seen you win your last four games? I think so. We had a few losses on the bounce. And as a Harlequins women team, we've we've never let, lost like two games plus in a row we've lost a game but we've never lost two weeks let alone three weeks on the bounce so it's actually been quite a learning period for us as like how to come back because you can't hang on to the loss on Saturday come Monday Tuesday like you've got to get over that and you've got to move forward to the next game to the next week and it's been quite a bit of coming together and having challenging conversations with each other and, and learning how to potentially get a, a not so positive message across to someone but in a way that or react positively to it so you're talking about a work on and I don't know like catching the ball just more accurate in terms of how you're talking to them and 
learning each other and which ways you you want to be spoken to because you, you talk about you, you hear the phrase um treat others how you want to be treated when actually that's not always true because how I want to be spoken to is not necessarily what works for you Charlie or what works for my teammates it's about learning each other so last few weeks has been a been a learning curve for us as a team and as a group of women and currently it's paying off and training yeah. and again training was challenging in, in the first few weeks after the loss and people getting bitty at each other and biting at each other but now it's just making for a more positive learning environment yeah, and it seems to be clicking well and then of course we also did mention the women's six nations is only a couple of weeks away after being delayed a couple months you and the girls will be looking to make it the third grand slam in a row but how does your personal preparation feel like it's going leading up to a championship uh, so my personal preparation is uh is a bit on the line at the moment in terms of i'm currently injured and i'm not playing club rugby but the plan is to be ready for the first six nations game so wrapped in currently wrapped in cotton wool looking after myself as much as possible I'm like no can't do this no can't do that can't lift that piece of sh- can't help my mum with the shopping no can't looking after my shoulder but it's um so personally uh, it's, it's a good place in terms of i i'm not sort of risking myself in games at the moment and everything's being very looked after and looked into and diet and all my running load is very closely monitored etc like that so i I'm in a good place and I'm I'm feeling positive about being ready in, in two weeks time for it. But I've still got still got a bit of a journey. But yeah, I'm in my head as well. I'm in a good place. Okay, well, that's good to hear. And touch wood, you are fit. And then what are your thoughts on a new format quickly? I, I'm looking forward to it. It's a shame there's not as many games, just even quantity wise for us to play. But in terms of new format, being completely separate from the men I'm actually more excited about it being completely separate from the men and seeing how that transcribes and, and people not have fight for kickoff times and like just having more rugby on regularly rather than loads of it in, in a small space of time but I'm I'm looking forward to it again it's a bit of a change like why not let's see how it works and I'm hoping next year I think it will go back to the traditional format but potentially this time of year might be might be something to look at and we'll wait to see right we do have to get on to the reason why you've come on to the podcast today and that is for you to come on and put forward your claim and reasoning to why you want three certain things to be removed from rugby so the way this is going to work is one by one shauna is going to put forward the things she'd like to remove from rugby we're then going to discuss them and shauna's going to try and convince me the best she can that they should be removed from the sport so after hearing shauna's arguments i'm then going to pick one of the three things to hypothetically remove from rugby to then leave it in a locker room so shauna what's the first thing you'd like to remove from rugby please so one of them referees okay we have we have referees we have male referees we have female referees we have more male referees than female referees granted but they are two separate genders generally and traditionally as a as a sport as rugby we call the referee the men referee sir as a sign of respect and the fact that we're not football hooligans we are ladies and gentlemen of rugby which is a a whole another issue but we call the referee sir it's respectful fine we'll get a female referee on i just why is she still called sir like she's not she's not a man she's a woman so surely she should be called mom and a lot of people have female referees have a problem with that as well they're like oh i don't want to be different i don't i don't want to be called mom i feel like an old lady and i think well, is it better to be referred to like as an old man? Like, what does what does sir do for you? So it's just I just can't work it out why you would. And, and people say I'll I'll ask if I've got a female referee. I'll ask if they want to be called sir or mom. But yes, we have pronouns. And if you generally ask people their pronouns, like he, she, they, them, 
then then fine but if you don't ask anybody else about their pronouns on introduction why would you ask someone who is as clearly female as clear as you can be uh, the way they dress the way they speak potentially body shape most things about them are female why would you say oh would you like me to call you a man or woman essentially i just i just don't get it like i i, I get the that's fact that's a good that, point I, I, yeah i get the fact that it's it's um habit more than anything people are used to mainly having men referees and so sir you just it doesn't become referee it's just sir and in terms of saying it on pitch completely get that it's habit it's what you used to I don't know the percentage say 90% of referees are are men so like I I get that when you're on the pitch heat at the moment you sir but then Mm. before a game when you're asked why would you ask them what they want to be referred to but then also female referees are like no just call me sir huh (laughs) nah I just I just can't I have so so many (laughs) questions so first one we're going to try and break this down I'm going to start with so in the Premier 15s they're they're male and female refs so what what would you roughly say is the, the ratio the percentage Oh, good question. We have the same individuals quite often. I, I just go on about a 50-50 split, just literally off the top of my head, thinking like it's not unusual for us to have a female referee. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say top of my head, person in the middle in charge, I'm going to say 50-50 split. Okay. And you, you're saying you've spoken to um, the female refs about this and they actually are happy with you calling them sir. They don't share the same opinion and find, find it weird like you do. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> okay, and and my next sort of question is: so, is this an issue in your eyes just off the field, or is it on the field? Like, are you happy calling them sir, as we're talking about here, on the field, yeah. and then you you think they should be called something different off the field, or do you think they should be referred to something different completely on the field and off as well? So, I think they should be mom. If you're addressing men as sir, you should be addressing women as mom. Um, if if eventually the referee society world referees rugby referees want to change the name of like to have a gender neutral name then fine but until then we're, we're basically saying sir is gender neutral and it is definitely definitely well, it's not, not. <laughs> yeah it's, like, it's, it's definitely not so it might change the and like you used to have fireman slash firewoman and now it's firefighter you'd have policeman policewoman now it's police officer so it's just finding that word that, that fits both categories which will make everything easier but like in the meantime i just as a woman i think you just want to be referred to as a woman really yeah out of respect then, more than anything well you yeah, know definitely so regarding where you would like to see it go in the future what do you think that word could be could it just be as simple as ref could it just be like excuse me ref or is that then getting towards that sort of football side of things that i feel yeah, like we want that, to try yeah. and avoid in the sport yeah that's that's the problem so i like i'm not saying i've got an answer because all i could give you right now is referee Things like match official, far too wordy. Official, yeah. again, it's more than a syllable. We can't handle more than a syllable in a game of rugby. So it would be finding about a one syllable gender neutral word is is the is the forward plan. Interesting. I, I find it weird that you said you've spoken to female refs and they they seem not bothered. Do you think that's just because they're sort of so inbuilt in the sort of tradition and it just seems so normal now? Yeah, I think it's think tradition it? and people almost not wanting to stand out, people not wanting to have a fuss made. Some people will see themselves as referees and only referees. And if referees happen to be sir, that's what they're happy to be called. Like, I'll stand on my soapbox all day long and be proud to be a female and to talk about like equality, equity and and equality of opportunity but some people would rather just not talk about it which, which I get uh, you don't have to always be the one that like yep 
for me is that I'm a mixed race female. You must listen to me about this subject because I'm a mixed race female in a generally white room. No, like I, I don't always speak like that. So there, there'll be some issues that people are passionate about and there'll be some issues that people are very not passionate about and there'll be some issues that people are just neutral about. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for people who are neutral about like the sir and mom situation it's almost just easier and, and they, I know it's for ease as well and it's what people are used to they don't want to sort of go against tradition whereas sometimes I'm very happy to go against tradition if it makes sense yeah well I feel like it does make sense but like you say rugby is a very traditional game and I think something that it does pride itself on is this relationship between the players and the ref so like overall how do you think it is in the game today I, I think it's still very respectful um, me, I'm not a captain, so I'll, I'll never speak to a referee on field unless I've been given that as the sort of scrum um, situation in terms of being a prop. And if I've got scrum issues, will things come through me or, or will it come through the hooker or the other prop, etc. So, so generally, I don't talk to referees. I do find it very, very strange how some people turn in a game. They're so respectful off pitch and everything's very proper. And then a referee makes a, a bad call or misses something and they go wild. And I'm like, whoa, this is this is supposed to be rugby. And you do tell them to pipe down. Like this, this is this is rugby. This is not football. We don't shout and scream. And and you get the one where referees will warn someone about how they're talking. They go, I wasn't talking to you, but they'll just literally turn around and I was talking to my mate, but it's like, oh, that referee, she said this, and you're like, but like you're in ear distance, they're gonna hear you. You know what you're doing. You, yeah. you might not be looking at him or her or talking to him or her, but you, you know what you're doing. And um, but on the whole, it's, it's very respectful. And I I can't watch football actually for the how they are not only when they roll around the pitch, but how they speak to the referee, body language towards the referee. Like I can't. It breaks me. So um. But yeah, generally rugby referees very much well respected even after a game or shake hands or, or nudge elbows as it is at the moment and say thank you very much no matter what happens on the pitch yeah. and it ultimately it's remembering that human beings like they're not machines they can't yeah. see everything they're they gonna miss make some mistakes things. and yeah. yeah and a lot of them will admit it as well and they're not ashamed to admit it and like i've got a lot of time for that if you're not ashamed to admit your mistakes it is also interesting you say you you struggle to watch football because my last guest on the podcast was liam ridgewell so ex-premier league footballer and actually one of the things that he argued to be removed from football was this issue of the relationship between players and refs in in Mm. his sport but what was interesting for him is that he thinks as we compared rugby and football and he said actually that he thinks rugby potentially goes too far with the sir term as he thinks there's almost too much respect shown to the referees do you think that are you happy with the amount of respect shown to referees there's a respect that they get i know we're not happy with the sir term but are you happy with the respect that they are given I think the respect is, is important. I, I potentially, like if I had a conversation with him, I, I would see where he's coming from in terms of, you don't, you almost don't want to give someone too much power because certain individuals might take that too much and, and almost abuse it is, is a strong term, but just use it f- for their own good sometimes. And you think like you're literally on a power trip and you do have some thoughts. You think, what, why are you making these decisions? Are you on a power trip? Even in terms of when they don't want you to talk to them, they'll be like, nope, we're they'll have funny funny issues but I I wouldn't say in general I wouldn't say we give too much respect to referees because like without them they are the game can't happen and I get without us the game can't happen but for a footballer to say 
you don't want to give too much is 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 yeah. it is an interesting concept i'd really it, like to hear his reasoning why and that's so i'll have to have a listen you, you but, will yeah, and then quickly on your relationships with rest i know you said you don't speak to them much but do, would you say you're an easy player to govern yeah because i'm very good at being told what to do so if you say number three hands away like I'm straight out and if sometimes really sometimes they say your name but I'm generally called number three and even if whether I agree with them or disagree with them again it's rugby and they're in charge so whether I think it's the right call or not they're the one with the power in that moment so I've got to do what they say and if I want to take that issue up with them afterwards then it it is like it is welcomed and I have spoken to referees after games and they'll either say oh yeah I I think I got that call wrong now I'm looking back or no actually I'm sticking by my guns on that one maybe you need to change what you're doing but I I think I'm I think I'm pretty easy to referee um in the early days because I didn't have a clue what I was doing and I'd literally just (laughs) anyone tell me to do something no matter who they were I'd be like oh okay I'll do it what are we doing you but um I would say I'm pretty easy to referee and I have it sometimes the referees talk to me about the team and I'll go oh I don't oh that's captain's duties I'm not in that pay bracket I can't talk to them <laughs> could you just tell the team to like I don't know take an extra step in the lineup like well I can but they probably won't listen to me so I, I would suggest them pretty easy to referee but you'd have to you'd have to ask them yeah. that Evan you mentioned sort of that talking them off off the pitch is there still that culture that no matter sort of what happens on the pitch you can still go have a conversation a drink with them after the game is done that is sort of being known for in rugby Yes, um, depends what happens as to how long you probably wait after the whistle. The whistle going and going straight up to referee is highly unadvisable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's normally like have a shower, have chill time, have a little rant to your teammates about the referee and then take it from there. Like get that out of your system because you always need to get that out and then you can move on. But ultimately these people, we see them regularly and you don't want to have a bad relationship with them and you don't want to be known as the team who's always moaning or or the individual who's always moaning because again, they're humans and they remember things and like they'll side with you or against you based on what they've seen or, or heard from you before. So yeah, I think it is still very much a thing in terms of going to talk to referees and having honest conversations afterwards, but it's just, it's just about timing and, and getting yeah. the rant bit out and having a constructive conversation okay a very good first argument shauna and i think i think we can sort of agree that we're happy with the amount of respect we're we're showing referees what you want changed is just how we refer to them especially female ones on and off the pitch but anyway good first argument can i please have your second thing you would like to remove from rugby please so the second one is just shit phrases and oh, I'll give okay, you, you, might have to ex- you might have to explain this one a little bit more because <laughs> well, can you so give it some this... examples here oh oh definitely so this one might be a bit of a rugby niche in terms of like my argument here but surely people will be able to relate to it so when we're on the pitch we'll say things and everyone knows they don't really mean anything but everyone knows what they mean so example I've got a few written down here <laughs> right so you're 52 nil down at half time. I'm the losing team. I'm the losing team. Half time talk. Right, come on, girls. It's nil nil. Come on, new half. It's nil nil. We've got this. We've got this. Come on, it's nil nil. Right, it's definitely not nil nil. Like, we're definitely being spanked right now. You saying it's nil nil is also not helping the situation. And you just, oh. Right, another one. Kicking, kicking for touch. So our fault. Got to give away a penalty. They've kicked. They've kicked about 20 metres down the pitch. Bearing in mind, pitch is 100 metres-ish. So a fifth of the way down the pitch is a de- decent distance. Someone will shout, don't worry, girls, it's gone nowhere. It's gone nowhere. As we're marching 20... Well, it's, it's gone 20 metres. <laughs> if we're going two miles, 20 metres is not a lot. But if the whole pitch is 100 metres, 20 metres is quite a lot. And I just... 
even with my team, I, I just go. We're definitely walking backwards to where they've kicked it. If it went nowhere, <laughs> it's we'd be staying still, yeah. walking, yeah, walking the line up right here. But we're going backwards, so why has it gone nowhere? Scrum, scrum being marched backwards. We've scrummed them back six, seven times in a row. We've just got a clean ball. We've taken their ball in defence, everything. But on the ninth scrum, come on, girls, big scrum. We've got this. We'll get them on this one. We're getting on this one. You've just been marched back eight times. <laughs> and the thought of, like, you hear opposition say that and we actually have a little chuckle. We look at each other and go, yeah, are they all right? No, they're not all right. Uh, um, I'm, cr- I'm cracking up there. Music, like, music I could, quality. I could, <laughs> I could go on. One other one was... <laughs> empty the tank which I quite like to be fair but it's <laughs> what, when he told you to mean? empty the tank oh empty the tank is when you give it everything you just you just empty the tank <laughs> just empty the tank but it's when they say it in the first half I'm like you're having a laugh you can't it's empty the tank now I've got play. another yeah <laughs> But um, yeah, empty the tank. And and sometimes I do genuinely feel like I've emptied it. I am pooped after certain games. And I think, yeah, I emptied that tank. But um, <laughs> empty the tank's another one. What frustrates you so much about it when people say he's on a pit? Is it just that you just feel like they're meaningless? Yeah, they're just, they're just roll off the tongue. And sometimes they're wrong. Like, it's gone nowhere. As we're walking 20 metres back, well, it's definitely gone somewhere. And the scrum ones as well. Come on, girls, big scrum now. We'll get them on this one. And I just think, what's going through your mind? So the fact that some of them are inaccurate, they don't mean anything. Another one, give let's give them a platform. I still don't know what that means. But people will say it. I says, come on, girls, let's give them a platform. And I'm thinking, I don't, I, I don't know who we're even giving a platform. I don't know if it's for our backs or or we're giving them a platform. I don't know. But it's just everyone, everyone says it. <laughs> and I think it's it's not just rugby. I think this is happens in all sports. And I actually remember, and this was off the field, but I remember years and years ago, I must have been eight or nine, I went to a Chelsea football match. First game, I actually went to my little sister and it was an FA Cup game. And I think Chelsea was sort of 6-1 up against Macclesfield. And the only memory I have from the whole game is this geezer <laughs> behind us, this guy. And all he was saying was like, in the 75th minute when it was 6-1, he was going, it's still fucking... 1-1 one, one, lads it's still 1-1 one, one. and I'm just like it it clearly isn't but why are we saying that it's 1-1 one, one? it's like also the players aren't going to listen to you mate you're just a fan and the Matthew oh, Hardy again but it doesn't I do get it does my head in but back anyway to these annoying phrases in just rugby why do you think people say them and use them when playing I, I couldn't tell you. I think sometimes people feel the air needs filling, even in huddles. It's like, has anyone else got anything to say? Oh, there's another one. Right, we're in a huddle, end of a session or whatever. Anyone else got anything to say? Or say it will come to me. Shauna, have you got anything to say? And I go, no, just that we had a really good session. Right, so you have got something to say. Don't start the sentence with no, with I haven't no. got anything to say. And then go and say something. I'm, mm-hmm. And I tell a couple of the girls about that one. And then we'll look at each other and just like... <laughs> <laughs> but out of all the ones that you uh, have mentioned, is there one that stands out that just makes you cringe and just go, you go, oh no? For me, the main one that stands out is it's gone nowhere. Because I, I literally, and it'll be my own team that says it, I'll just roll my eyes. Like, Are you joking? That is factually incorrect more than anything. <laughs> just, and I just have this little internal argument with myself. Go, what? Why are you saying that? And it, yeah, it's all, it's all inside me but it's probably the one that annoys me most just because it's factually incorrect. Unless it has genuinely gone nowhere and we're just turning sideways and go into that line out. 
but the person's normally kicked it a decent distance yeah. and we are walking maybe not gone as far as they wanted it i don't know but it has gone somewhere negatively affected you yeah <laughs> and also I've, I've always wanted to know like how often do people say things on the pitch like i've always wondered like when people are flying into rucks or having a scrum is there much chat going on uh scrum time oh, always chat at scrum time it's always shit chat as well like you have little whisperings are like whispering to each other but hoping the referee hears don't worry they can't hold their weight like we've got them this time they don't know what they're doing she's too heavy she's too heavy to hold herself just get that bind up we know what's next and another one is line outs as well it'll be uh don't worry we know what's coming yeah we know it's the forward movement oh we know they're going up at the back but and sometimes it gets in your head especially line out. You're like oh do they know what we're doing but they <laughs> The line-up ones work in particular. I'm like, oh, I think we might know what we're doing. But it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. And there's, there's a lot of chat most times on the pitch. Anytime there's a break in play, there'll be some shit chat happening somewhere. <laughs> and then here is the big question. Shauna Brown, have you ever found yourself saying one of these phrases by accident? Oh, probably. Because <laughs> you can't probably. go on and slate everybody else, but then you do it yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be an empty the tank person, I think. I'll be like, come on, girls, let's give it all now. There's only a few minutes left. Oh, that's the other one. There's only a few minutes. I'll definitely say that. There's only a couple of minutes left. There's... And there'll be like 10 There's minutes, but 10 minutes on the a long time. <laughs> yeah. Or, and I do say this one an awful lot. I'm like, oh, time for one more. It'll be like 30 seconds left on the clock. Right. No problem. Time for one more. <laughs> and that's what, that's the opposition hate you kind of phrase. And even some of the girls might be like, she's right. There's only 30 seconds left. Yeah, I, I do. I, course you've got to it's all part yeah. of the culture right <laughs> as much as we want to try and remove it okay that is a fun <laughs> argument i like that one okay and then what is your third argument that you'd like to have something removed from the game of rugby please okay the names of rugby teams we have harlequins we have wasps we have bristol etc they're, they're the men's teams we'll have bristol men wasp men harlequin men the fact that we have ladies in the term instead of women like we don't have harlequins gentlemen and harlequins ladies but we have wasps and wasp ladies we have bristol and bristol ladies whereas us at harlequins we've changed our name to harlequins women because it's not gentlemen like the men's team are not called gentlemen they're called the men's team and so the opposite of men is women um, and even just when you when i hear the term ladies i literally go oh ladies and it's the the sketch in little britain when the guy cross-dresses and he goes, ooh, I'm a lady. <laughs> That's literally the only scene I have in my head of David Walliams dressed up as a woman. Like, ooh, I'm a lady. And I just, just again, it's that internal conversation I'm having mm -hmm. with myself. But again, so many people will see it as not a thing. And I'm like, well, why is it not a thing? We don't have gentlemen. Like, we don't have Harlequin's gentlemen. Why are we called ladies? <laughs> but yeah, it's um for me, it's, it's just... <sighs> just want to i just want to be woman just want to yeah. be a woman this is a very serious conversation and yeah, like for the be. listener for the listener at home in your opinion sort of what is the difference in the terms woman and lady for you personally um, i think it's the perception of of what a, a lady is and I, I can't literally can't even say the word without doing it lady it's a sort of prim and proper and can speak well and knows how to use their cutlery on the table and these everything's these shining silvers silver spoons everywhere whereas woman i would see as a just a, a more as a, as a general term for a woman whereas i would see lady as only a certain type of woman can be a lady 
and I wouldn't class myself as a lady. I wouldn't suggest I've been brought up as a, as a lady. And it, you go to, well, I don't, I don't go to, uh, you hear about people who go to elocution, can't even say it, elocution lessons to, to mm-hmm. be a lady. And they want to be a lady when they grow up as if it's something to aim for and achieve. And I just don't think it is. I think being a woman is, is perfectly fine. If you want to be a lady, fine, that's up to you. But I just, if we were talking about inclusion and, and getting as many women and girls, and again, you don't say, oh yeah, ladies and girls come and play rugby. You say you want our women yeah. and girls to play rugby. Just, it just jumps in for, for I don't I don't know why I assume because at one point it would have been like all just the ladies who played mm-hmm. and if you want if you want to play a gentleman's sport you must be a lady mm-hmm. um, I, I, yeah, I do it's... get what you're saying here I think the frustration in the term for ladies seems to be that it and I think what you're saying is it's almost like it's a pastime mm-hmm. it's a rather old and not up to date with the world we live in today would you agree with that yeah, because it, even in terms of title, like you can be a lady by title the same way you could be a dame. Like, why don't we just call ourselves Harlequin's dames? It's It would be mm-hmm. an equivalent. It's something, ladies, again, something you earn and something you work towards if that's if that's your if that's your bag. I would think we're, we're in a different place in society where we don't like being a lady is not is not something to aim for. Actually, mm-hmm. let's just let's just be women. Mm-hmm. So the club you play for at the moment are referred to as we said harlequins women mm-hmm. and the men's side are just referred to harlequins so in your eyes is that okay or is that good enough or would you like to see that changed you could make an argument in the future for them to be called referred to as harlequins men or for us to just be referred to as harlequins even as a women's team but we're two different teams so you say you're going to watch harlequins and people will say well you're watching the men or the women it almost just takes a question out of it if, if you say Harlequins women. In terms of whether they should be called Harlequins men, I think they are because our women's team is becoming so dominant on the scene and, and we are very much in the faces. We're, we're in the programme, we're, we're up at the stoop, we're on the social media. So it is becoming a more and more valid question. If someone just says, I'm going to watch Harlequins, the next question is men or women. And it, and it will be boys and girls. I like will say, like, mm-hmm. you're going to watch the boys or I'm, I'm with the boys or no, I'm with the girls later. But we don't say we're going to watch the gentleman. And I know we joke about it being a gentleman's game, but that like that's not an official line. That's that is yeah. literally a joke. So therefore yeah. it's the, the ladies' game, but it's also not an official line and a bit of a joke. But it, you look at Rugby World Cup, so they have recently taken the term women out of their official title for our World Cup. So whereas previously it was Rugby World Cup and then it was Rugby Women's World Cup or Rugby World Cup Women's, and now our tournament is just called a Rugby World Cup. And it, arguments to be made both sides as to whether it takes away a bit of our identity as women to take that mm-hmm. women's title away. But you look at things like the RFU, so Rugby Football Union, our governing body, it used to be called like the WRFU, as in the Women's Rugby Football Union, whereas now it's just one encompassing, which I think is progress. Mm-hmm. But there's still an element of because the men are so dominant in playing the sport and in terms of numbers, actually maybe we do still want to be have women at at the end of our title um another point in question is exeter exeter chiefs now have a women's team and they don't have a exeter chiefs women's social media well not on instagram anyway but what they do is and and most teams have a separate that harlequins have it so harlequins and then you have harlequins women whereas exeter just have exeter chiefs and they put their women on on the page and it's just Exeter Chiefs which is arguably the progression in terms of some people say yeah but we want our own space to to be the women and and have more time but actually 
getting the women's faces just in the main Exeter Instagram, you're getting out to, I don't know what the following is like, probably 200,000 plus rather mm-hmm. than you maybe your 10 or 20K that, that are on your women's page. So I don't know is the answer to that as to whether eventually you want to take women away or, or even add the men. Not sure. Not mm-hmm. not add me argument with myself about that one yet. <laughs> There's a good point. And also I think England rugby do the same as Exeter as well and have a, mm-hmm. a sole count for both teams. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So ultimately we're talking about sort of equality in the game of rugby. And in your opinion, how do you think the sport is doing? Um, is I know it's a tough right question. It's, it's a tough question, yeah. but... It is, it is going in the right direction. Is it going fast enough? No. Can people do things about it? Yes, but it'd be like it's a very complex process and you'd have to have a lot of people invested in like time invested in wanting to do a lot about it because it, it would mean putting a lot more resources in, in different places. And it's not necessarily more resources in terms of numbers. It would be more resources in terms of moving as to where they are going into like for instance what schools they're going into what audiences they're attracting like are they going into any housing estates are they spending any time in the inner city schools etc so it is going in the right direction it's nowhere near equality and nowhere near equal and I, I genuinely can't see it happening in I don't know 25 plus years to be honest but it is it is going in the right direction and there's a lot more there's a lot more interest in general around the women's game and women's sport and people are realizing that it is a viable option and and for us in rugby like 28 of us have paid full time so it is a career option as well and something to aim for and achieve the short answer is yes it is going in the right direction is it going quick enough no can it go any quicker without spending too much money because that's always the argument mm-hmm. i think it, it can but a lot of it's about perception and at the moment it's just even letting women and girls know that you can play rugby like the amount of people now in even in 2021 I'll tell them that I play rugby and they're like oh didn't know women play rugby so it's even just about tapping into those audiences and ultimately the growth of the game is now going to come from women and girls and women playing because mm-hmm. it's the like everyone knows men play rugby everyone knows boys play rugby they play at school they go to an academy they might play professionally like that's 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 the thing men play rugby but women playing rugby is still not not as commonly even known let alone done so the the, the growth of the sport has to come from the women's we're 50 percent of the population you've got to want us to to grow your game i think you're actually even more i think actually um but sticking with the theme you've, you've also been very outspoken about improving sort of equality of sport, not just from a gender background, but also from racial side in the last year. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, do you ever sort of like feel the pressure or ever sit back and then realize actually how inspirational you personally, so how motivating you are being to thousands of people well, sitting in their living rooms watching TV this year? Have you ever like sat back and just thought that's quite a lot of pressure on me? Uh, do I sit back and think about it? Not too often, no, because then I might get a bit scared like, to think <laughs> that I'm actually having an impact on people. But it, you, it's an honor. You are, you are. <laughs> it, it's an honor more than anything. And sometimes I, I do get direct messages either from the kids themselves or, or parents and literally just thanking me for, for being open, for being honest, for talking about my experiences, etc. And it's like that's all I'm doing. I'm just talking from experience. I'm not like I'm not full of numbers. I haven't got facts and figures. I'll just talk from my experiences. I'll talk about conversations I've had with others. I'll try and look at things from different perspectives and get different views on, on one subject, for instance. But it, it can be, if I think about it too much, it can be daunting to think some people are going to 
like sort of act on something because of what I've said so therefore I have to be very careful around sort of my social medias my Instagrams what I'm saying to the media etc but it's yeah it's 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 cool <laughs> it's it's not something yeah. I signed up for and it's just something that's just happened and if it if it has a positive impact on somebody else's life and especially somebody else who I've never met before, like that's, that's the ultimate honor. Well, yeah, you're doing an amazing job. And I think a nice way to finish this chat is, I mean, honestly, I have so many questions. We could go on forever on this topic, but what would your message be to any young girls out there from any background trying or sort of thinking about getting into rugby? Just give it a go, find your local club and give it a go. If you can't find the reason why not to do something, then give it a go whether it's rugby whether it's another sport whether it's a, an activity I don't know like you might want to play chess or do a bit more reading don't wait for your friends to all want to do it if you want to do it like make it happen and it, it might involve potentially being taken somewhere when you need your parents on side or your carers or some adults talk them into it as well and just ask as many people as you need for help if you need a lift somewhere and you know somebody else is going just ask for help like my mum doesn't drive I've she's never driven so I've always found myself either on public transport or asking people for lifts and that's just that's just enabled me to to get things done rather than feeling guilty about constantly asking someone to take me to training or getting on the train late at night like it's just overcoming things because I want to go and do them and if you want to go just go and do them don't wait for somebody to offer it to you or wait for your friends to want to do it and even when your friends will be against it because sometimes that happens they go why would you why would you want to play rugby that's what boys do actually if you want to play rugby go out and do it if you want to spend some time at home reading an actual physical book and not on social media do it like if you want to go running do it just don't wait for other people especially running i mean i'm not sure i'd wait for anybody but that's that's very well said sean really really well said okay well it's got to the time where i think i have to pick one of these things to remove from rugby and leave it in the locker room now sean i mean these have been really fascinating points i've really enjoyed this and the ones you put forward here um is and it's been great understanding more about the woman's side of the sport but what i've decided to hypothetically remove from rugby and leave it in the locker room is drum roll please I'm going to put in the title of ladies in the game. Um, I I think it's something you spoke so passionately (laughs) about. And I think it's something that actually, if we see improve and we see change, it will make a major, major step in the right direction, improving quality. Um, And that's, I think that's what we're all trying to improve in the sport. And I think it would effectively, because we, we said maybe it's like an old term and it's a bit past its time, it would also help increasing the profile of this sport and making it more current with the times we live in today. And I think that's important where I feel like rugby, sometimes people do get a bit sort of caught up in it being the gentleman's the old sport game that we all love but i feel like yeah. we need some things we need to take and realize it is 2021 here so i think you made a really good argument and that's what i'm gonna put into the locker room oh, thanks and it's just remembering the power of words still like words still have meaning and people say oh what's the difference they're two very different words if it doesn't matter let's change it so yeah i'm with you there charlie there we go <laughs> right it's time for the end of podcast feature locker room questions henry what delight have you got in store for us today it's time for locker room questions with shauna brown brought to you by buda vida the activewear brand giving back to women in sports and i'll keep it nice and simple this week as I don't want to incur the wrath of Shauna 
and force any cliches despite them not being in the locker room. So here goes. Look good, feel good. That's what you'll say when achieving that post-lockdown summer bod in your Buda Vida gear. All you have to do is head over to the Buda Vida website and use the code hashtag leave it in the locker room to get 30% off your order. Don't miss out. Now it's time to play our end of podcast feature locker room questions and opportunity to find out what really goes on behind the closed doors of the Harlequins and England women's locker room. So, Shauna, are you ready? Always ready. <laughs> your go to pre match meal? Pie and mash and liquor. Not that I get it very often, <laughs> and not that a lot of people even know what that is because it's an East London, South London thing. But yeah, pie and mash of liquor. Okay. And what are your go to music artists? Mm, I'm going to go, I'm quite a reggae girl. So. I'm going to go along the lines of old school reggae with Beris Hammond and new school, a guy called Mavado. Okay, somebody to look out for. Um, do you have any pre-match superstitions? Nope, actively try and stay away from them because if one day I can't have it or I can't eat it or whatever it is, I don't want to feel like, oh, well, I'm going to play bad and then I can blame everything on the fact that I had the wrong socks on. So no, I, I don't and I actively stay away from it. Good one. Uh, funniest person in a locker room? Sarah Beckett and she's come into her own as well she's learnt to be funny and sometimes she comes out with some corkers sometimes she comes out with some some downers but then it makes it makes the corkers seem even more like whoa you're you you are funny now so yeah Sarah Beckett is there is there one moment that stands out <laughs> no, not, <laughs> that you can say <laughs> um, no <laughs> <laughs> no, I've okay. got one, but I, I've li- I've got one in my head, the recent one, but I can't, I can't. Share she'll, it, no. she'll kill you. Um, <laughs> best dancer in the locker room. Leanne Riley. She is. She knows all the dances and all the moves, like not just your macarinas, but like the <laughs> five, six, seven, all the steps ones and the oops upside your head, and like she's got all of those actual dances. She's got them, and will always. She always tries to teach us, and none of us ever remember. But yeah, Leanne Riley is a. She's a good dancer. Who is the best singer in the locker room? Best singer is oh, Sarah Beckett again. She she doesn't like to sing in public, but when she like she'll sing to her phone and send it to people or put it on her Instagram. But she plays a guitar as well. But yeah, she's got one of those sort of it's like a, a husky deep. Is it like husky deep country kind of voice? And when she plays it with her guitar, and she does make up her own music as well. So she, yeah, she's a girl. Her ears must be uh, ringing right now. Who is the best post-match drinker? Oh, Abby Ward likes one, but she's not not like get well, get on it. But she's all about the um sort of the team bonding afterwards, and like she's the, the one to push. Like everyone, just yeah, just stay for just stay for one drink. Let's have a chat about life. Let's not talk about rugby. Like, it's that encouraging. And people, if you want to bring your own juice, to it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's always it's, it's Abby Ward to, to push it for everyone, and it is it is really nice. And just just have that sit down moment, not having to rush off anywhere. Just have a beer or cider with the girls. <laughs> and the messiest teammates in the locker room. Oh, messiest. Who is I think Jess Breach is pretty pretty everywhere. She'd have sort of bits and she'd always like to be the first one out. She hates she hates it when someone slams on the like referee slams on the door saying, Come on, get out. She's like, Oh, we need to go. And so therefore, because she's such in a rush to get out, she leaves bits and pieces everywhere and you go, Why have I got your t-shirt? Like it doesn't even fit me. Can't even accuse me of trying to steal it because it doesn't fit me. But yeah, there you go. Okay, final two questions. Uh, worst moment walking back into the locker room? It would be semi-final. Last year we didn't have one because of COVID. But the year before, semi-final of the Premier 15s. 
and I tore my hamstring 14 centimeters so it's more of a waddle but I was like the whole world in my eyes was over and I was like well never gonna play rugby again I can't even walk just waddling like feeling very sorry for myself but yeah it's very sad and I just sat there in the change room by myself for a bit I had a little cry and then come out and watch the rest of the game but yeah hurting yourself in a game is not is not good when you don't know what you've done as like at that point like everything mm-hmm. everything bad that could possibly happen is going through your head as to how bad it could be mm-hmm. and then best moment walking back into the locker room best moment was actually in my first season with harlequins when we won the premiership and it was just realizing how much it meant as well because i again i i just thought i've only just started playing rugby and i just think we'd won a lot of games that season and it was just another game that we was maybe probably gonna win and just realizing how much it meant to other people and i was like wow this is this is cool like being in a team sport because i'd come from a sport where you win and lose all by yourself um so it was nice to, to have that feeling of going back in together knowing that you'd won together and what what the team could do once we come together it's interesting you don't say the Grand Slam, though. But yeah, I love that. Uh, <laughs> I do love it. Shauna, you've been absolutely fantastic. I feel like I could speak to you for hours, but you've been a great guest. So thank you so much for coming on. And best of luck for hopefully two weeks running onto the, that pitch. I hope you're all healthy. Me and you both. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Charlie. Well, well, what a fantastic episode that was. I think there was a moment there where I was laughing for about a whole five minutes. I couldn't even get a question out. But of course, thank you so much for Shauna Brown for coming on the podcast and being a brilliant guest and I wish her all the best in her recovery and fingers crossed she's out there emptying the tank as she would say in the upcoming Six Nations Uh, thank you all for listening I hope you enjoyed the podcast as always and if you would like to keep up with all the news and updates of who will be coming on the podcast in the future months please follow at By The Green Media on Instagram or Twitter and of course please download and subscribe to Leave It In The Locker Room on Spotify, Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts Uh, spring is here I can nearly get rid of my horrible trim and book a haircut and of course there are more episodes of the podcast coming soon so lots to look forward to but until next time bye for now